0: How long have you been dreaming of a log home? Have you wondered not just when you will ever realize your dream, but if you will? In this episode, I share my story of how I got my dream log home against all odds. Thanks for joining me. Hello fellow cabin lovers, we are so excited to bring you this podcast to offer inspiration, motivation, and education about log cabin construction, design, and experiencing the log cabin lifestyle. If you have longed to build a log cabin of your own, this podcast is for you, no matter what stage of the process you're in. Hey, really quick, I want to let you know about our ultimate log home planning guide that is currently available as a pre-order for only $19.95. We are in the final stages of production. Once we have everything ironed out and in print, the price will be going up. So reserve your copy today. Visit CaribouCreek.com and in the top right corner, you will see a button that leads right to the details on this offer. Okay, let's dive into episode one of my dream log home show. Hi, cabin lovers. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland, and today I want to share with you my story to how I came to live in a log cabin in the woods. It all began about a year after my first son was born. I was a working mom. My career was in the car business, which required grueling hours and was very stressful, When I found out I was pregnant, I knew I would have to go back to work soon after my son was born, but I secretly promised myself that I would be a stay-at-home mom by the time he was one. Um, My first son's birthday came along, literally the day of his party, I discovered I was pregnant with baby number two. Again, I promised myself that soon I would be home with the kids. My third son arrived in 2012. By now, I was sick and tired of making these promises to myself. I felt incredibly guilty going to work every day. And to make things more interesting, I was getting promoted into finance, which had always been a dream of mine. When I had the idea to work my way towards upper management, I hadn't had any kids yet. I'm sure lots of moms and dads wish they could spend their days with their kiddos instead of heading into the office. It's so easy to get caught up in the struggle between advancing in career and balancing family, isn't it? For me, though, the grass was not greener in finance, where I had been working about 45 hours a week before the promotion. I was now working a ridiculous amount of hours. Honestly, I can't even tell you. I did not count. But I know my schedule only gave me four days off a month and I often would be staying past midnight closing deals and then would be in the next morning at 8 a.m. There was this moment I remember vividly like it was yesterday. It was one of my off days. I was sitting in the recliner of our living room watching my kids play. A strange feeling came over me when I realized that I didn't recognize my kids They had grown so much in the months that I had been plugging away at the office that they suddenly seemed like someone else's children. The reality in this moment hit me like a splash of cold water. There was no way I could keep doing this. I no longer cared how lucrative the job was or how prestigious. I just wanted to be home with my family. My husband and I often mused about leaving the big city for a small town, building a cabin and raising our babies in the country. It seemed each time we spoke of it, it seemed unattainable. How would we find jobs? How could we buy the land? Where would we go? We had more questions and answers and really we never got anywhere. We just kind of went around in circles. Life was pretty good. Money was coming in. The kids seemed to be okay. There was really nothing wrong with our situation except my unhappiness. In 2013, my father passed away. We moved into his house, which was a nice ranch-style home in a good neighborhood. It had an acre of land, and we started a small homestead. We had goats, chickens. We had a small aquaponics garden. Our dream of a log cabin in the woods was fading away faster and faster by the day. We seemed to have everything we needed, but in order to sustain it, I had to work in the car business, although I no longer was in finance. In fact, I had found a lovely Monday through Friday job, and it paid me really well. I liked my job. I liked the people I worked with. Everything seemed hunky-dory. My grandparents often visited us. My grandmother and I were super close, and she was really close to my kids. The idea of leaving her tore me up. At this time in our life, we were pretty much just focused on paying off the house we were living in and then maybe buying a second house up north. You know, I thought maybe if I could just be happy with what we have. Then in 2015, a bunch of things started to change. I had our fourth child, a little girl. I knew this child would be my last, and I wanted desperately to spend as much time with her as I could since I missed out with the other three. We had a nanny who was amazing. She educated the kids, she played with them, and she really became part of our family. It was during this time that my grandmother's health started to fail. But then there were two things that shifted, two big things. One was in my life and one was in my husband's. For me, every time our nanny shared with me something new that our daughter did or some fun memory, Um, of her with the kids, I felt a piece of me crumbling. I still wasn't living up to the promises I had made myself, and it was killing me. My husband, on the other hand, was starting to get concerned about the economy and the direction the country was going. He started talking about food shortages and inflation, riots, and all kinds of crazy things. Honestly, at the time, I thought he was going like a little cuckoo, maybe becoming paranoid, but I knew in my heart he was coming from a place of love. He wanted to protect us. He felt strongly that we needed to get out of the city. I wanted to get out of the city because I was tired of working so hard. One day, we were sitting in our living room talking. It was a rare moment for us, and I'm sure other parents can agree. (laughs) Finding time to talk to our spouses sometimes can be a challenge, We brought up the idea again of moving into a log cabin in the woods. And I remember I just stopped and I looked at him and I said, when are we going to stop talking about this and actually do it? For a moment, we just stared at each other and there was this shift. It was like this energy shift. I I can't really explain it. And then the conversation got really serious about how this was going to happen. We started really laying out the foundation of what steps we would have to take and what would happen This is the moment when like the magic began for us. We promised ourselves that no matter what, we were going to move. It was no longer a matter of if, it became a matter of when, which really we didn't have the answer to that yet, but we knew it was going to happen and we were willing to take the steps it needed to get there. So one big hang up was that grandma was still sick. And I feared if we moved that she would die and I couldn't get back in time. So we decided to talk her and my grandpa into moving with us. Mind you, she was like in her seventies. She had COPD and a few other health concerns. So the idea of packing her up and moving was not taken lightly. We started taking action, clearing out our house to sell, fixing it up. We told the kids what was going on. And surprisingly, they were pretty excited about it too. We started really narrowing down where we wanted to move. At the time we were living in Arizona, property values in the northern part of the state were so high that it really was out of our budget. So we started looking into other states. We researched homeschooling laws, water rights, politics, building codes, gun laws, you name it, we checked it out. And little by little, we started narrowing down where we wanted to go. Until one day, my husband told me about a family that he followed on YouTube. They'd relocated to Idaho. Ironically, from Arizona. (laughs) We started looking into that state, and it really met all of the markers that we had. So then we kind of started looking at property. We decided to take a family road trip through the state to see it in person. We had seen homes in Bonners Ferry that really lit us up. I mean, I remember this one beautiful cabin. It was off-grid. They wanted $165,000 for it. I couldn't even believe it. It was on like 10 acres. It was gorgeous. There was this picture of the northern lights behind it, and it just set my heart on fire. But usually, the properties that we found were sold before we even had a chance to make an offer. When we arrived in Bonners Ferry, we met a realtor who showed us some land, At this time, we were leaning more towards buying land and then building our own home. Well, I should say my husband was leaning in that direction. I was not fully convinced that with four kids, we would ever get a chance to build the house. Mind you, he wanted to do the work himself, which meant I would be doing a lot of the work with him, which I could just envision the chaos. So really, my mind was talking me out of the idea pretty quickly. But at that time, um, I was so eager to move that I almost didn't even care about the chaos. This journey really taught me a lot about faith. I had no idea how to go about moving. I never moved out of a state before. I had no idea how I was going to earn an income. We had no friends or family in Idaho. I was not even sure my credit was good enough to get this project off the ground. One thing was certain. I believed that as long as we were committed to the plan, things would work out. Somehow, I believed God worked miracles. You can believe whatever you want. Call it luck or coincidence. In the end, the things that happened blew me away at every turn, starting with a conversation I had with God. I asked him to show me a sign of butterflies. If this was a place that we were supposed to move to, after meeting with the realtor, we went to check out the property that was listed. We drove up the driveway. And I have air quotes around the word driveway because... It was more like a shadow of a driveway, one that at the time looked like it had been bulldozed quite a few years before. It was now covered with tall grasses and fallen trees. It was quite an adventurous, a comedy more or less, as our family trekked up this driveway in our minivan. We parked the van when we couldn't go any farther and we got out to scout out the property. Looking at land is really difficult. I don't know if you've ever done it, but I was looking at this raw land and all I could see was trees and forest. There was a small clearing for a house site, but I could not really get a sense of what it would be like with a house on it. My husband seemed to have a better vision and was describing to me what it could be like. I didn't feel totally enthusiastic about it, but I could sense some possibility. When we walked back to the van, lo and behold... There was a swarm of butterflies flying around inside the van. Chills cascaded down my spine. I looked at my husband in disbelief. It was like, holy smokes, I just asked for this on the way up here. We ended our trip a few days later and surprisingly never put an offer in on that specific property. We just couldn't commit to that land. Once we got home, we got back into our routines, still going about fixing and cleaning up the house Although my husband was still researching land options, I started looking for houses that were already built. With all the unknowns going through my mind, the idea of compounding that with building a house, which neither of us knew how to do, was a growing concern. We found a property in Naples that fit our budget. Even though the house wasn't everything we wanted, we decided to put in an offer. I honestly think we were so ready to move that we started lowering our expectations. Once our offer got accepted, my husband and my grandfather rented a car to go check it out. He called me after looking at the land. He said the land is really marshy. It is also on a steep hill slash mountainside. Even though it had multiple acres, it was pretty much unusable. At this point, it felt like the only option we were eager to get moving so much so that we tried to force this purchase. The problem was the house was on a post and peer foundation. It was not financeable through a traditional bank. We went so far as to even try to use a hard money lender. When that guy said that he wanted to leverage not just the Idaho property, but my Arizona house as well, I really started to have second thoughts. Ultimately we passed and we just kind of went back to the drawing board At this moment, this is a part of the story where I think moms will really appreciate the analogy because to me, this dream was like pregnancy. When you first think you might be pregnant, it's hard not to get excited with anticipation and then maybe you find out you're not or worse, maybe you miscarry. The feelings of letdown are so strong, sometimes it makes you wanna stop trying and that is pretty much how I was feeling right at that moment. Then I get an email days later The subject line read, reduced, must sell. It was a log cabin just outside of Bonner's Ferry. Ironically, it was within a mile or so of the land that we had been looking at. Hmm. I thought, let me check this out. I peered at the ad. The price was $310,000. It was over budget, over my budget. It wasn't over budget for what the property was worth. It was just more than we were willing to spend. But I showed it to my husband anyway. He was willing to make an offer. And his offer was way below their asking price. I mean, $60,000 below the asking price, as a matter of fact. It was the middle of summer. Houses in Idaho were flying off the shelf. I was pretty sure this offer was a waste of our time, but we decided to go for it. My realtor called me a few days later. She says, well, they didn't say no, but they didn't say yes. Like, what the world does that mean? She said, it means that they were willing to accept my offer, but they wanted a clause that allowed them to keep the house on the market until we close. If they got a better offer, I had the first right of refusal. No way. I was not going to invest in inspections and flights out there and risk losing my job. I still hadn't told my employer my plans, by the way, just yet. And then I was concerned, oh gosh, you know, somebody will put an offer in at the last minute. It's going to make this price out of our budget. I just said, hey, listen, can you find out what their take it off the market price would be? There was so much back and forth, and then we finally had a deal. I mean, that's like the short version right there. I'm telling you, this was like a roller coaster ride, and it was so incredibly gut-wrenching. Excitement, fear of losing out on the opportunity, it was just up and down. And I forgot to mention another miracle that happened. When I had first reached out to my realtor, Jacqueline, I asked her, how in the heck do people relocate? How can somebody get a house with no job. I hadn't left my job yet, thankfully, uh, but she did tell me that people usually rent or they just pay cash. And I said, there's hardly any rentals in the town that we want to move to. And I didn't have enough cash to buy a property outright. She started asking me about my credit. I hadn't checked into it in a while. um, And I just assumed there were some things from my past that were going to make it very difficult to qualify for a second home. Incredibly, this is where the next miracle happened. I did speak to a lender and I only had to fix a few small things on my credit report to get my score up where it needed to be. And then, with the income that I was earning, we qualified. I couldn't even believe it. I then leveraged some of the equity in my Arizona house through a home equity loan and used that as a down payment on the Idaho house. I think my jaw must have hit the ground when that mortgage broker told me confidently that he could not only get me approved, but he thought it would happen quickly. He said most loans take 45 days or so, but he thought mine would close in less than 30. And it sure did. On August 30th, just a few days after my birthday, we closed on the Idaho property. The joy that filled me when my realtor called and said, congratulations, you're a homeowner. Oh my gosh. It was one of the happiest days of my life. Our Arizona house was still on the market. Then it happened. Another setback. My grandma fell and broke her hip. There was no way that she was going to move to Idaho. My grandpa couldn't really take care of her either. Hospice was coming in to take care of her once a week, but they needed more help. We decided to convert the garage to a mother-in-law suite and have them move in so we could be there to take care of her. Our dream was immediately put on hold But despite our hustle to get that room put together, grandma passed away not long after she was released from the hospital. I think her spirit just gave up. She wasn't a person that could deal with being bedridden. She'd always been spunky and full of energy. We had a memorial at our house, and soon after, my grandpa moved in with us. It wasn't long after that before our plan to move was put back in action. And I just need to say, if you've ever listed a house for sale and had kids in the house at the same time, then you can understand the utter chaos that comes with it. The call from the realtor that someone wants to see the house and you have 30 minutes to get out, you're shoving toys in boxes, you're picking up toys and whatever else there is in the way, throwing it in hampers, dirty dishes are going in the oven. Oops, did I just admit that publicly? (laughs) You get me though, Right. Keeping the house in order was a nightmare. It was a daily battle, all while working during the weekdays and working on the house on the weekends. See, our house was built in the 1970s, and even though it was remodeled in the 90s, it still needed major rehab. It was a constant fixer-upper project, which I think was making it harder to sell. One day I was driving to work. I was having a complete meltdown. This is one of those moments when you're just at rock bottom. The whole process was so incredibly difficult. To say that I was burnt out was an understatement. I was getting to a point where my resolve was being tested. It would have been so easy to pull the house off the market and just stay, maybe just have a second home and visit it. (laughs) It was during my hour-long drive to work that I was crying and I was letting out all these feelings. I shouted to God, I could use a little help here. I said it out loud. Immediately eerily my phone pinged my Idaho realtor who was now my friend texted me you're on my mind hun is there anything i can help you with really i thought you've got to be kidding me i laughed out loud i said to god oh real funny god do you think i could get a little help from someone in arizona and then my phone rang it was my older sister who never called me She goes, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you answered. You were on my mind and I almost didn't call because I figured you might be working. How are you? Whoa. I'm telling you, this was like one of those intervention moments. (laughs) I unloaded all of my thoughts and fears on her. I told her about the struggle that we were having selling the house. I said, you know, if we just weren't living there, it'd be so much easier, but I can't quit my job yet because I don't know how long my house is going to be on the market. She offered to let us move in with her temporarily until our house was sold. Can you believe it? It was truly another miracle and a massive blessing. December 7th came along. That was the last day that I worked at that car dealership. Our Arizona house had still not sold, but we were concerned about the winter weather taking a toll on our house in Idaho. And after a few months of all seven of us sharing a house with my sister, I was afraid that we were about to wear out our welcome. This was a huge risk. We had some savings, but we didn't want to spend it all on two mortgages. It would have been depleted super fast. But we decided that we would act on faith. When I told my boss what we were doing, he was shocked. But I had assured him that I would make sure I left in good standing I trained my replacements and I wrote processes for everything I was doing. They had a wonderful farewell party. It was really a great memory. My husband and my grandfather had already taken a load of stuff up to the new house in October, but we still had so much stuff. Even after loads of trips to Goodwill, yard sales, and just throwing things away, we still had an amazing amount of stuff. (laughs) We rented a 24-foot U-Haul, Just to get it to the house, my husband noticed on the way from the U-Haul rental place to the house, there was a mechanical problem that seemed pretty major. I called U-Haul. I asked if we could just bring it back and swap it out. And would you believe it? They denied us. They said that they had to send out a mechanic. Really? We literally just rented it. We didn't want to start stacking boxes because we were pretty sure that they were going to have to give us a different one. This was the first delay. When the mechanic finally admitted that he couldn't fix it, we were able to get a second U-Haul. We finally got it loaded. That took like three days instead of one or two. Then the lights on our car dolly weren't working. Late into the night, my husband and my neighbor worked to fix it. Finally, the next day, our little caravan took off. My husband drove the U-Haul with our camper trailer behind it. I drove the Ford truck and a car dolly towing our minivan, and my grandfather drove his little Dakota pickup with a dump trailer behind that. If that's not a sight, then I don't know what is. Grandpa's small truck was so light, it was getting pushed around by the heavy dump trailer. We couldn't even go over 50 miles an hour pretty much the entire way. I'm telling you, if anything could get in our way, it did. The kids had to go to the bathroom. Then they were hungry. Then I had to go to the bathroom. Then my husband needed coffee. Then grandpa got too far behind, so we would have to stop and wait for him. (laughs) What should have taken two and a half days ended up taking almost five. A week before Christmas, we finally arrived at our log cabin in the woods. Luckily, it had been a mild winter, so there was no snow on the ground. After a grueling week-long trip, we spent the next two days unloading in a hurry because we didn't want to be charged more days for our rental. One of the first things I did was get out the Christmas decorations. Sitting by the wood stove, looking at our beautiful Christmas tree all lit up against a log wall just made the whole agonizing trip worth it. I almost couldn't even believe we made it. It felt like it was never going to happen and then there we were. The property turned out to be even more perfect for us than we could have imagined. Even the listing didn't mention the jacuzzi or the handmade log cabin that was out in the yard that we later turned into a clubhouse for the kids. The five acres was usable and it had been beautifully landscaped. After nearly 10 years of dreaming about a log cabin, it was finally a reality. I hope my story is proof that. Anything can happen. That despite all odds, if you have a dream, it can be a reality. My advice to anyone wondering if this can be them is to first get really clear about what you want. Don't just let your mind get in the way, muddying the dream with uncertainty and doubt. Imagine that you can have what you want. Imagine that nothing will stop you. What is your dream? Get very specific. Then commit to the journey. No matter what gets thrown in the way, promise yourself you are still taking action to get your dream. Then take action. One baby step at a time. Keep moving towards the goal. And finally, trust that things will work out. Trust that if you have this dream, it's meant to happen. I look forward to being your host on this podcast. I look forward to sharing other stories with you like mine, as well as useful information from experts in log home building. Thank you for subscribing to the show. And in celebration of our launch, we are giving away one of our ultimate log home planning guides. Enter to win by heading over to iTunes. Leave us a review, then screenshot the review and tag us on Instagram. Thanks for listening and remember dreams do come true.